It's a good thing I do the editing because I already messed up this episode. <laughs> we don't know why there was a countdown to begin with, but I was wondering what we were doing. Well, this is new. It's really epic. We're starting with a countdown, like and the buildup, like the buildup that was coming. So it was unsatisfying. Fifteen seconds. Yeah, then like, <laughs> I do feel like it's incomplete. I'm going to have to go back and watch the rest of the countdown later, just so I can go to sleep tonight. So. Thanks, Steph. I just like to like make this like environment of suspense and satisfiedness, and then stomp it. In well, the what'll be really nice way. is that countdown's going to sound really great on the the audio episode where people can't see that it's a countdown. <laughs> what is this noise? But welcome everyone to AOG the podcast. Hi. Hello and. And welcome. Uh, tonight we're doing something a little different. Uh, we've had a question that has come up a few times, and we are going to be talking about how to get started reading comics, because this has come up um, in some of our various podcasts, especially with the Marvel movies, the new DC movies, and in the other independent comic movies, people are kind of like, so we're going to read more about these characters. So we figured, why not kind of give a primer on how to do so? And uh, in order to do this, we asked our good friend Chris Hoffman from Valeity Studios to sit in and uh, kind of weigh in on his history with comics and getting started. And how oh, we can yeah, do I've this. been reading comics for like a year, so I know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this yeah, is the amount of comics you have behind that. you for having only read for a year, Chris, is amazing. It's pretty good. Yeah, you got these all at a garage yeah, sale. That's yeah, productive. I don't even know who's in this. And, and <laughs> a great garage sale. You're going to start making my husband go to garage and estate sales. And we don't Honestly, do Seth, I'm surprised Come Blake on. doesn't go to more garage and estate sales. I've I've looked into it and it just seems too scary. Because it's like well, I, I, no, no, no. What I looked into is the old lady at the garage sale going to bite uh, you. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I've looked into is where you buy the um, storage unit, oh. and they're like, oh. they're like, who well, knows what's behind number really one? That's a jump from what we were slight, talking about. Slight, it's yeah. like going to an estate sale where <laughs> we're so sorry for your loss. So let's see what the old guy had to like. Blake. <laughs> Blake grew up rich, yeah. so he never had to do. I'll take sales. you to a garage sale. I mean, I had Blake, garage sales of the garage sales. We can go together. <laughs> okay. Oh my Thanks, God. guys. Thanks, guys. Each of you get the garage sale coming soon to a podcast. What I meant you. was the storage unit sales. <laughs> Anyways. Well, I feel like before we get too much into our topic, we should probably acknowledge the other uh, guests that we have here. I mean, yeah. I think most everyone recognizes Hobbs' voice because he's been on here before, but. First time to but he's also been in the background a lot, just, you know, supporting and helping out and especially with the comic book conversations. Um, he was definitely one of the ones that was like, I want to do this, but I don't know how. Yeah, so. I'm the resident new. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chris, 
Gotta start I somewhere. Think we should go back to fine. Chris though, because I don't think you've only been reading comics for a year. Yeah. We should probably really establish yeah. your no. actual credentials here. <laughs> actual credentials here. Got it. So I am, uh, yeah, Chris Hoffman. So I'm co-founder of Validi Studios, which is a uh, local comic book publisher here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, we publish a comic book called The Salt City Strangers, which is about a set of, uh, it's as if the Avengers were in Salt Lake. Um, most comic books, superhero comic books take place in New York or some sort of version of New York. So having a comic book take place in salt lake city is an exotic location for most people um we have a breakout character from that one uh who's the gull uh all the superheroes are utah themed right so it's the uh the golden spike den mother son of bigfoot deputy deseret and the gull um the gull became so popular he spun off into his own um comic and so we've uh, I used to teach comic book artwork at um, uh, Broadview University in South Salt Lake. And so it was a, uh, a comic book where we'd have the students, if they wanted to, they could write and uh, get do a, like an eight page story of the gull. And then we'd uh, print it in the comic. And um, those two books, it's the 10 year anniversary wow. of, of those characters, which is uh, pretty great and crazy to think about. And uh, our latest book that we're trying to get to a bigger, bigger publisher is called Ruthless. That's going to be a, that's a little bit more of a uh, um, uh, more adult book. I'm pretty excited about that one. And uh, uh, it's a it's about a high school kid girl who gets bullied. And um, after a tragic event in her life, instead of turning to like a superhero and getting good advice, she turns to a supervillain and becomes a, a supervillain. And so that comp. We're just about, yeah, yeah. There's one called uh, um, what did we? There was a Furious came out from Dark Horse Comics, which was a, a, a similar in a similar vein. Um, no idea how to get to a bigger publisher. We're going to be figuring that out over the next year or so. Um, and then I used to, uh, yeah, I've been a fan of comic books ever since I was a, a kid. Uh, comics Utah. So what was that? A year. About, about a year, a year. <laughs> one year. Yes, it started with walking by reading Walking Dead. Um, no, that's Charles. Actually, that's what Charles we give from our the Nerd Store. For bedtime that's stories. that's where he started. Um, so yeah, but um, no, I used to work in a comic book store. In 1993, I worked in Comics Utah, which was uh, the one of the best comic book stores here in the state. Uh, I worked there for a couple of years, uh, right during the crash of of comic mm -hmm. books in 1993 when. Uh, uh, the overprinting mm -hmm. and the bad business decisions and the speculative market all came to a head. And imagine the housing crisis, but only in comic books. For comics, <laughs> yes, yeah, so many terrible decisions and stuff. And we almost lost, uh, ha even having a Marvel around, yeah. you know. So when you look back at it and think, think about the fact that it was just almost not a thing anymore, it was pretty crazy, but yeah all during that time watched it build up and build up and then crash and then, and then left. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, and we still Validi, what we do is we help uh, people publish their own comic books. So if people come with an idea, we help them fund, uh, figure out how to fundraise for uh, their book. And then uh, we'll help them go through the process of publishing the comic, getting it printed, sending it out to everybody and getting it on the, on the store shelves, the, of the, stores here in utah that we're um uh, friends with and then hopefully launching them into bigger and better careers uh so that they can look back and help us along as well nice that's awesome thanks nice 
So you're new to this, man. Wrong person right. to have on the podcast. Blake, while we have your logo up, was there any? <laughs> Honored to be here, by the way. Thanks for having me. Hey, Blake, did you want to say anything um, about yourself? So we really quick, just since jump you're in. a guest. I put your logo up just so people know who you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, people know that it's my, yeah. my moment. Um, I'm Blake. I'm Steph's husband. Um, the Marquise do podcast. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, I don't really have my own podcast, but I like to be a part of this one and I like to hang out and I love comics and I thought it'd be fun to come talk about it. All right. That's it. Now you can't talk the rest of the show. I put your logo off. So. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. That's fine. Um, so really we should just jump right in and you know, how do you get started reading comics? The first question is why do you want to start reading comics and there's a you have a subtle hint there's not really a wrong answer to this it could be that you've seen a movie that uh had characters that you're like i'd like to know more about them could be that you heard a friend talking about the books it could be a tv show that you've seen it could be any number of things you're just kind of like i'm curious you know but how do i get started uh there's any number of ways to start um one is you know Figure out who the characters are that are that are interesting to you. For one, uh, there is a glut of them from the Marvel and the DC universes, as you've seen from countless movies that have come out in the past fifteen to twenty years. Um, you know, you pick one of them and kind of go. But then there's the question of, well, this character's been around for eighty years or sixty years. What do I do? You know, uh, and you can either go with the tried the tried and true tradition of finding a number one because lately the publishers have been reprinting or sorry, rebooting some continuities. So getting in on the ground floor of a new continuity with a character that you've got some familiarity with is a great way to do it. Um, sometimes they will do a, uh, a legacy character will take over the name or the mantle of a character and you can get into ground floor with the number one with that character and then kind of work backwards um if you choose to you know learn about different characters um so chris when you started where did you start with reading comics way back when? way back when i mean this was like what tv shows did you watch back when there were three channels right like <laughs> you went to the you went to the grocery store or the 7-eleven right and you looked at the spinner rack and whichever ones were still there um when i was a kid i just bought the comics from the characters who looked the coolest and so tons of spider-man uh ghost rider is a favorite that the going back and reading ghost rider uh especially the 70s one it um it, it's not great you know what i mean he looks so cool <laughs> and that's every ghost rider comic almost ever like you sit there and read it and like well he looks neat um but yeah that's that's a lot of where i i started with with uh with with comics was with uh big name characters and marvel i'm such a marvel zombie um that i uh everything everything's marvel so like when i'm watching the new dc movies and stuff like that i'm being introduced to a ton of characters and people that i don't have a huge history with and and so that's kind of fun um but yeah like po like popular characters is a the reason they're popular right and the reason that lots of people like them Yeah, when you were talking about working uh, or teaching comics, I didn't start reading comics or graphic novels till college. And it's because I worked at uh, the USU bookstore. 
and I saw some like graphic novels up on the shelves and I'm like, what, what are these doing here? This is odd. This is college. Uh, and actually one of the first books I ever picked up was mouse. Um, Cause I stopped and like looked at it while I was shelving books. Um, and that really opened my eyes to what graphic novels and comics could be about and about uh, how people look down on like graphic novels, comics, even though art doesn't exist in a vacuum and is written for reasons and emulates what's going on during the times that they were made. So it was kind of interesting to go from like mouse. And then I grabbed a couple. Give, um, a, give an explanation as to what. Mouse is about um, World War II. It likens the um, the mice to the Jewish people and the Nazis to cats. So just the power um, differential, um, the power dynamic between them about how cats attack like the mice to get them out of their homes and take them somewhere else. And it was required reading for a college course, right? That's why. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and now in a lot of places, it's, it's a mm -hmm. banned reading. Um because it's, I mean, it's a heavy topic. It's not um, light reading. Not that like comics are all light reading. There's a lot of superhero comics, a lot of that focus on really dark materials. So I think that, yeah, people who haven't experienced you might look at it like, well, it's comic, like this is for children. And that kind of goes along with the stigma of comics in America or animation, even in America, they're looked at as a lesser art form, but other cultures embrace them fully and use them to tell some fantastic stories. Not that American writers don't, but I think that a lot of, especially the older generation looks at comics and goes, you know, Oh, it's just funny books. And you know, they like them to the, the uh, Donald Duck and Scrooge McDuck comics or the Richie Rich comics that they read when they were young, but had, but never had any real meat or substance to the stories that they told. They were just really fluff pieces. Right. S.C. Hinton was just, who wrote The Outsiders and like um, Tex, which are really influential books for like teen, teen years. The Outsiders, I read like 17 times. I love those books. Um, they're so yeah. good. But S.C. Hinton was approached to do a graphic novel of The Outsiders. And she said that that is for children like she didn't want them to make it and they still haven't made it because she didn't think that it was the she the, the, she me, did, the medium wouldn't support this the telling that mm -hmm. she's trying to tell but she said it more offensive not offensively but i likened it into children's writing which I, is really like sad to me because i love her i love her writing i've read most of what she's written and then to have her say something like that was disheartening i'd love to hear from jason right now because of what robert just said Jason has had a lot of experience in anime and manga, and he's wanting to come into, I guess, American comic books. So what has been your experience with manga? and? Yeah, I've read like manga since I was about like 13 years old, like just reading stuff, web stuff online. And um, yeah, I guess I do have a lot of experience reading that. I guess I didn't realize that. But um, I guess... I've always kind of liked comic books, but I never like dove into them. And uh, I had a friend who bought me Spider-Man Blue because he knows I love Spider-Man. And <laughs> and I, he got it for me. And I was like, oh, this is cool artwork. I'll just put it up on my wall. And I never really cracked it open. And like over the year or so since he gave it to me, he's shamed me every single time <laughs> until I just felt so horrible. 
So I finally opened it up and read it, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like American manga. <laughs> you know? And it's just, it was really cool because this story is just a different take on Spider-Man. It's basically uh, Peter Parker's got this relationship with Gwen, and Mary Jane kind of acts as like a vixen, like somebody who kind of tries to steal him away. And I've never seen that like aspect of Mary Jane before. And it introduces Craven, and he kind of like uses all the different animal like villains to like hunt Spider Man. It was just like a really, really cool twist on the story. I never would have gotten through like mainstream media Spider Man. So now, like, because of that, I'm, like, super interested in finding more stories like that, you know, of characters I love, like Spider-Man, like Deadpool and X-Men and all that stuff. Well, there's a guy right there that could, you know, yeah. point you in the right direction. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you just hit all of his keyword characters, pretty much. Yeah. You hit that. I like how you. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I like how your Deadpool shirt kind of emulates your chair, like it's like the stripes, oh, and then it goes back no, onto your chair. Keep playing that. You're put together. The fit, I think. Is that what the kids say yeah, these that's days? What the kids is the say. fit. It, it is fit, the fit. Yes. Yeah. fit. This is definitely okay. the right audience to confirm what the kids say today. Yeah. So wonderful. <laughs> Darn kids, they don't appreciate comics enough with their manga and everything actually that that's that's 100 percent where i got my kids into more into comics is because they are into uh anime and, and manga and my uh um my son uh my older my older son who's who's 17 he um he likes uh the jojo's bizarre adventure um he 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 absolutely loves berserk and uh, uh but he loves those and so i'll be like with an, with like a comic I like, you know, and be like, here's here's a one that's similar to to like the genres that you dig, and so we try to do both the things together. Where like we went to an anime convention this weekend and uh, go to Comic Con and whatnot, so that we can kind of share this together. Um, uh, Jason, you reminded me if you want to read a really cool Spider Man story, uh, Spider Man Life Story is really cool. Ooh. It's uh, by Chip Zdarsky, and it's a it's a telling of Spider Man. Uh, through the decades. So there's an issue for each decade that he's been around. So 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, but it shows him growing up through those time frames and the story and the visual style changes based on where it uh, where it was at the time. So it's like a full Spider-Man story. Till he, and he gets like older throughout the story. It's not a continuity story. It's sort of like a what if but it's a fabulous read and it's a self-contained thing. So if you just want to, you don't have to have any history with it or anything like that, but it's, it's really cool. What's um, that one called again? Uh, Life Story by uh, Mark Bagley and Chip Zdarsky. That's super cool. Cause you always just get like teenage, like early twenties or maybe even high school Spider-Man. You never get old Spider-Man, you know, I want to know what happens like mm -hmm. earlier beyond. That's really cool. And if you start digging too much into Spider-Man origin, it can get overwhelming really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He was a clone. What? Yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. He was a clone for a while. And then he made everybody forget that he was married. But he wasn't. And, uh, yeah. There's a, you get to the point where you're like, oh, whatever. You know, it's fine. Well, another good jumping on point, um, and this is at this point 20 years removed, 
back in either 2000 or 2001, Marvel rebooted their, or sorry, spun off their uh, some of their main titles into the Ultimate Universe. And what they decided to do was popular characters like Spider-Man, uh, the X-Men, the Avengers, who were retitled the Ultimates in this universe, and some other characters, um, they decided to just go back to the beginning and restart everything and make it a very easy, uh, low barrier That's entry weird. for everybody. And the Spider-Man story was fantastic. And uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, that's where you get Miles Morales because spoiler alert part two, Peter Parker dies. For those that haven't seen um, Into the Spider-Verse. But the run, I mean, yeah, it, it's very similar to, to Into the Spider-Verse in that sense. Um, no, but not it, in the yeah, same way that it happened. But it was, it, yeah, it was different. But I mean, it was a fantastic storytelling. Um, it was... I think yep, that Bendis was, was writing it. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis was the author on that title for that one. Um, I cannot remember who did the X-Men title. Um, and then you find out that they, by keeping it small and only focusing on uh, the Aven- uh, the Ultimates, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man, they were able to keep it very closely knit and weave some of the storylines together without it being too sprawling an adventure that you'd have to be like, I've got to get 15 books over here and 19 books on this side. It was, you could say within the, within your favored title, if you weren't getting all four and get the meat of everything and maybe have to, you know, get maybe one or two issues outside of that to get a storyline if they did crossover. And they started with the younger characters. They updated the origins. So it wasn't quite so, we don't understand this bit of science, so we'll just kind of fudge it and call it good. Mm-hmm. You know, cosmic rays, we'll just call it that. Everybody will be fine. But you know, um, Peter was bitten by a genetically modified spider, for example. Uh, the X-Men Damn were GMOs. the... Pro- <laughs> um, uh, the X-Men were the product of a very secret experiment that was done on the population. Um, the Fantastic Four were were uh, exploring dimensional interdimensional travel and it went wrong but you get you know familiar touches familiar faces and the ultimate characters actually line up a little better for many people with the mm-hmm. mcu characters than the you know characters that have been around since the late 60s for example because the origins are a little more in line with that and that's also where you get the nick fury in the mcu first appeared in uh, i believe it was the x-men title um in that in the the ultimate universe and they actually when they were deciding to redo nick fury they were like we wanted to be really cool who can we get and they're at a lark they're like let's try to get samuel l jackson so they said do you mind if we use your likeness and he's like no that's fine (laughs) And and literally, that's where the uh, Ultimate Universe Nick Fury started looking like Samuel L. Jackson. So when they started the movie universe, you know, like seven years later, they were like, hey. You know who'd be good in this role? You know, we, could, we should do this thing. <laughs> they got his likeness and, before you know, 20, he was in the movies? 20-something movies later. They got his likeness for the comic books before he was in the movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's so cool. You have to be I like mean, a really cool perfect, human. It was really close for them to make a comic based on your face. I feel, but it was it was actually kind of fun that you know that's that for people who had been reading the Ultimate Comics to see when he shows up at the end of Iron Man, they're just like, 
Well, because it wasn't David, David Hasselhoff who had been Nick Fury in a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> I take back what I just said. <laughs> See, that right there, Robert, like, I mean, because obviously I didn't know, like, the Nick Fury thing, but, like, after watching, like, Marvel movies, because um, I'm really into, like, the Marvel movies, and getting into them, and especially, like, Marvel um, or MCU Phase 1, as we were, like, at the end of each movie, we were kind of getting little pieces of this create like this like really you know scary dude Thanos you know and like I just remember after watching any of the movies I would like I had you know because I hadn't I hadn't read the comics or anything like that and so like I would always turn to my friends who I knew read the comics and I'm like so what did that mean like I just wanted to like know more but I didn't want to actually like do the work myself which just sounds so silly but like (laughs) It really wasn't until about, it was actually about four years ago, maybe a little bit more when I like, was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to actually like actually buy my first comic. And it was when, um, it was when we went on a trip to Denver to Mile High Comics. I went with uh, Steph and Blake and this was about a year before I met Jason. So he wasn't there and um, a couple of our other friends. And I was like, Hey, let's do this. I've got some money to spend. Let's go, you know, and it was just like so much fun to, um, you know, just kind of pick some of those favorite characters, you know, kind of like what you were saying at the top of the episode, like one of the big reasons. And like, for me, it's, it's that I want to know all some alternative stories to these characters that I have met through the movies and TV shows. Like, cause one of my, one of my most favorites, um, and I have a few different iterations is daredevil. And I'm like, I need more. <laughs> so I. Uh, so did your did your Daredevil fandoms um, begin with yes. the Netflix Charlie series? Oh, yep. D'Onofrio. Okay. <laughs> he is the, one of the best Marvel well, villain depictions ever. I mean, I just watched the other. Movies. I am sad that the I'm sad that the SUV did not get a best assist, best supporting oh actor gosh, role. Yes. But I mean, I did watch the Ben Affleck. It was Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, I watched that movie, and I remember, like, Mm -hmm. because it was a long time ago, but I remember a lot of people were like, oh, this movie sucked, (laughs) but I was like, it wasn't that bad, and I, because I think I just really liked the character, and so then when they came out with the Netflix show, I was like, oh, okay, I like this better, so, so much better, and I just want to know more, and, like, now I have to show, I have to do a quick show and tell. Our our friend um, had me get the Guardian Devil, um, daredevil one and it was just like such a different daredevil than i like really known and i think i need to reread it again because i don't remember a ton of details but like i just remember it was just like so different than anything i ever thought it was going to be um but like i like that too though because again it's just it's just about hearing all these different stories and it and it kind of makes me wonder sometimes like how how did you know these these filmmakers and movie producers you know all these people like how did they decide which storyline to go with like because there's just so many like i don't know like how how do you pick Mm -hmm. how do you pick the good ones if you're dc you don't do anything that they have in their like you You just avoid anything that you have that's good (laughs) and then you just make a movie you make an incredible book and then you're I like think eh. in the MCU as well like they have bits and pieces from the origins of the characters mm-hmm. but by and large and they might take bits and pieces from different storylines 
but they're creating their own storylines as well. So it's always hard when somebody's like, where can I find this story in the comics or what happens next based on they're doing their own thing in the MCU. Like you can't really kind of base it off. They take bits and pieces. I mean, Sam Wilson becoming cap that's in the comics and there's precedence there and, and things like that. But the way it unfolds is totally different in the comics than it is in the, in the MCU. So well, Steve, Steve yeah, is but he got old differently. About. <laughs> Different ways of getting old than both of them. Yes, yes, he did. Well, and you can look at like X2 where people are crying out to get like Gambit yeah. in there. And then they did what they did to Ryan Reynolds. Or Deadpool. no. That was Deadpool. Wolverine Origins. Yeah, was Wolverine Origins. Yeah. yeah. No. But we Gambit was also in, De- in Wolverine Origins. So. I mean, Deadpool that- fixed it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had to go back and fix it because everyone was wanting want that character in the big, movies like, and they screw did you what to they comic did. book fans. You sew Deadpool's mouth shut so he can't talk. Like <laughs> oh my God. the the merc with yeah. a mouth no longer has a mouth. Oh my God. I remember everyone lost their minds at that. Because again, at the time when Wolverine um X Men yeah, that, that movie came out, I was like, I didn't know any like I didn't know that yeah. much about Deadpool. And so, but yeah, people are freaking out and I'm like, okay, what's the big deal? And like, I feel like there were some people who like, couldn't really articulate because they were so upset. (laughs) They were so angry. You kind of talked about this, Robert, and I think it's an interesting question. I I kind of call it the, to me, it's the Doctor Who principle. And only because I remember going through this with Doctor Who years ago, I wanted to start watching, but it was coming up on the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. So where do you start watching Doctor Who. So I had to figure that out and I found my starting point. But with comics, I mean, Superman, Superman, and Batman are both 80 plus years old now. Uh, you know, Spider Man's coming mm-hmm. up. This year's Superman, the 60th anniversary actually, of Spider Man, right? This year. Wow. Well, this is, it is. And there was the uh, last week was the 85th anniversary of Action yeah. Comics 1 first appearance of Superman. Wow. So you've got 85 years of a character. Where do you start with that? Especially when DC has this great, like, um, who is it? Staples had the easy button. Yeah. DC has the reboot button. And they <laughs> press it about every button. 10 to 15 years, it, it seems like, <laughs> if not more often. And they hit, the first time they did it was in 1985. And they did a line-wide um, reboot because they realized we have way too many characters, way too many uh, you know, tie-ins, and it's hard for anybody to to, to uh, start reading comics. You know, to know where to jump in. So we figure we'll restart and just kind of baseline everything, and go again. And they rewrote some characters' histories when they did it, and it made things simpler as far as getting into into the titles for especially the flagship characters like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, because you got great um, introductory stories for them from large, I mean, huge artists at the time. I remember they'd had uh, George Perez was writing and drawing Wonder Woman when they rebooted her. John Byrne did um, Superman in a fantastic six-issue miniseries called Man of Steel. And I can't remember who they got to do Batman uh, out of the get right out of the gate. Chris, you know? I would look over to Andy at this point and say, hey, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) And and he would know. Um, But it was great they in in fluctuating some of the stories and adjusting some of the histories they changed like one of my favorite long long time favorite comics the legion which was you know basically a group of teenage superheroes in the future that became superheroes because of superman 
in his adventures as Superboy, but Crisis wiped out Superman having ever been Superboy, oh. so they had to play with other characters to go, you can fit here, you can go here. But when you have um, continuity changes like that, you know, sometimes it's a little rough for longer term fans, but it's a good place for newer fans to go, okay, I can get, I, I know X about the character, and this will give you some basis, and they'll, they'll lay a pretty solid groundwork in most cases um, for um, newer audiences. And, you know, Marvel has done similar uh, recently with their Secret Wars Battle World, where they basically said, we're going to destroy the universe and then bring it back together and then destroy it again and then bring it back together and it'll be okay. And I'm not sure how well received it was, generally speaking. It wasn't my favorite. It introduced some new characters, but eh. Well, I remember it was probably like, I don't know, it was recent, about six, when they rebooted and they did Jane Foster Thor and mm-hmm. the reception of that wasn't great. I remember Facebook losing their minds. People who I probably assume haven't read the comic saying that they're ruining their childhood character. Yes. Um, people saying that this is, yeah, there's my, and I want to Thor. say I was reading Mighty Thor before it like came out and people hated it. And people were talking crap about it um, because I thought that it was cool to take the character and twist them. And I remember people talking about how it's wearing everything, but then they didn't know that. I mean, Thor was a frog at one point and yeah. that the power of Mjolnir and that not to gatekeep. I'm not here to gatekeep. People can have their feelings, but to maybe know the history a little bit better and to realize how Mjolnir worked in this rendition of it. And I guess too, that's another part of it as well. Well, to be fair, Mjolnir has worked the same for all the characters up until recently when, um, or at least and also in the movies, it kind of reflected this. The enchantment on it is whosoever is worthy um, to lift his hammer will have the power of Thor. So Jane, sorry, Thor was found unworthy in a series called, Fallen Sun, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Marvel crossover, and Thor lost the ability to be worthy enough to wield the hammer, and he couldn't lift it, and left it on the moon. Um, Just to keep it safe. So Jane, we, we don't really question how she got there, but she was able to pick it up. Um, unlike the movie where the fragments all came together. That's and- what I was going to say, too. That's why I feel like for like some comic book fans, too, the Mo- Love and Thunder was not well-received. For the changes they made towards that, and you can ignore that it, and but, still enjoy it, but also it's well, hard true. To but as a, it. as a long-term fan, yes, I can see the point. The problem of they change this in you know horrifically for somebody who is just going, oh, there's a female Thor. You know, why is she Thor? And then want to go into where that came from. Uh, Jason Aaron and it wasn't Robbie Rodriguez. Uh, Daughtry, Daughtry, I can't remember his first name. Uh, who were the, who's the artist on that title, did a fantastic job of telling the story and actually keeping a good secret for, I think, seven issues of who this new Thor was because you never saw her out of her helmet, for example. And she kept dropping clues about who she was to Thor but not saying outright and then just disappearing. Mm-hmm. So going using the, I would say using the movies as a springboard 
to kind of pique your curiosity and then go into a shop. You, know, you can find any of your local shops will be happy to help you find whatever you're looking for to give you background on the character. Um, starting, starting off with trying to find single issues for some things may be harder, especially if you're trying to find a a character whose number one hasn't been out for you know five ten years but you can find a trade paperback where you're going to get usually a, a complete story arc in one book and get the oh. entire story in one i'll cut in right there robert because what i got here i i don't want to like be demeaning to our audience but we're talking about like from the beginning people that are starting this and so what i have is i have all-star superman here's the trade paperback mm -hmm. Perfect. And then here is all the single issues. The floppies. So the thing with All-Star Superman is also that that's kind of an uh, DC would call it an Elseworlds. Yeah, exactly. Title. It's not it's, it's not, not a continuity. But when you go when you go to the, the store, you're gonna see these yeah. all up on the wall. Mm -hmm. You wanna go look for if you're starting, I would suggest yeah. looking for the book. Because so this will have a complete like, story. And typically, the trade paperback will be a lot cheaper mm -hmm. than finding issue yeah. number one of any title. Jake's trying to make a story. joke about. No, Bat I was Fleck. not trying to make a joke about Batfleck, but I was going to say okay. it's similar. <laughs> like Marley was showing Guardian Devil, which is a graphic novel that originally was what six or seven floppy issues. You're going to have a hard time finding those issues, but finding the the trade paperback is going to be easier. And I agree with Blake. I think that's a great, like, and if you're wanting to get introduced to these characters, going, number one, the number one thing that you mentioned, Robert, was going to your local comic book shop. Like, that's where you've got to go. Don't try to find it on Amazon. Absolutely. Don't try to find it online. Don't try to, like, go to a local comic book shop because they're going to point you in the right direction to what a good story would be to start out with that character and then get the trade paperback for that story. Like, if you want to get into X-Men... You like Days and of for, Future Past, the movie. Like, get the trade paperback of Days of Future Past. Don't try to get each issue that's in that storyline because you're going to have a hard time finding them. And for me, I All-Star Superman's my favorite Superman story. And so this is the, the – I got the trade paperback first. And mm -hmm. then because I love it and I love collecting them, I went and found the single issues so I can have those. Um, that's wrong, but, but it's your favorite one. It should ahead, be Dick. Kingdom Come, but that's okay. <laughs> Kingdom Come isn't it just is a Superman, a Superman story. story. I don't care that there are other characters in it. It's it is absolutely a Superman story. <laughs> Anyways, Kingdom Come it's is fine. fine. It's that's fantastic. for another topic. <laughs> but I have a funny story to go along with how I obtained all the single issues. No, because she's sale. scared he's of the garage. Sale. Sale. We already went over this. Thanks for a bridge. So, Stephanie is going into labor with our second child. This is already a bad start. And she's <laughs> she's, she's she's literally giving birth, okay? And I'm like holding her hand, and I'm like, "You're doing a great job, sweetheart. I love you so much." And out of the corner, I hear the notifications going off on my phone. Because I was in an auction to buy these comic books. <laughs> and the whole time I'm just thinking, I hope I'm winning. <laughs> so, and I did. I won all so, of them. So, this is, good job, man. This is, this is what you have to look forward to if you're getting into comic books. That you will at one point be on auction well. buying issues of comic books. <laughs> 
while your wife is in labor. <laughs> but we named yeah, my son a great name. Henry Reeve. Oh, don't try to make so it. So it makes sense. Don't He's Superman. Anyways. You did it, bought it for him. <laughs> Anyways, it was fitting that I was buying a Superman comic for yeah. him someday. Oh, gosh. Anyways. My another reason why I wanted to bring this up, and another reason why we're doing the podcast right now, is because All Star Superman was available for Free Comic Book Day, and that is next week. Yeah, we're coming up in a couple it weeks. Is, the first Saturday. No, it's the week after next. It is okay. May sixth, first Saturday in May. You can go to your local comic shop and actually get literally free comic books. Um, different vendor, different shops will have kind of different rules you can usually get at least five or six comics some will be like run the gamut and get as many of them um, you can find a list of the comics that are available either on previews dot, uh, i think it's previewsworld.com i think there's also free comic book day.org i believe you find the list of like the you know the gold silver and general uh titles there are going to be comics for all ages from you know there will be kids titles you can take your kids to the comic shop uh, a lot of shops will have people who are in cosplay there just to kind of you know bolster up the fun a little bit um and it's it's yeah. usually a really fun event uh no matter yeah, where you, you go if, yeah but you definitely you go look like into it. in the morning when the shops are open, there's typically a line like be prepared for that because there's a lot of people that are, there are specific yes. free yes. issues that they want to pick up. Maybe it's a preview of a new series that's coming out or whatever. And so they want to pick up those issues. So be prepared for that and just enjoy that experience. Like that's the manage the expectations part. Don't go and think like if you go on an, on a normal, like Tuesday in the middle of the day to a comic book shop, you're probably not going to deal with a long line of people getting in the door, but on free comic book day, you will. If you go in the first thing in the morning, which is great. I love it. But. Well, and, I, and I would say, I would say generally the free comics that they're giving out are like all-star Superman qual. Like they're like, they're the good issues. You know, they aren't giving out the garbage ones that they're just trying to get out the door. They're trying to yeah, promote yeah. real stories that are, that are engaging. Would right they now. have given out kingdom? Come well, no. Cause that was, no, that was, no, it they, wasn't. That one sold it was itself. Too, it was that too good to give out. They didn't have to try to tempt people oh, to get okay. that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, you're right. Like, because th that's the whole point, right? They want you to come and get the free issues and then say, well, now I want to find out. Yeah. The first one's I always want to find free. Out more, so you go back to get <laughs> get more. And if you can, then you have to pay to see there the on day, <laughs> like pick up a couple of hey. issues that aren't free, you know, because the comic book owners, the shop owners appreciate that as well yeah support small business well and they they pay for the free comics yeah. the comics the publishers don't send them and just be like here give these away it's like they're heavily discounted but they are paid for and so it's a promotion um but yeah it's a great jumping on point like you said um and sometimes they'll have uh the shops will have a creator guest uh that will do signatures or sketches for the kids and that sort of stuff so there's a lot of especially here in utah there's the shops put a lot of effort into making that a fun time for people well, since you put that out there, Chris, are you doing? Are you, or any of the Valeria Studio team, going to be at any of the local shops doing I signings? That, or that just seemed or, like uh, self self. No, you're what we're here uh, for. It. Self promotion, yeah. shameless self. -promotion. If it is, we're here for it, Chris. Don't <laughs> uh, worry about it. Yeah, no, we are. Yeah, all yeah, over. Well, uh, yeah, Valeria Studios. Me and uh, my co-writer Andrew Malin will be at Doctor Volts in. Uh, uh, for free comic book day and i know that at black cat comics in sugar house that um they are going to have 
uh, the creators behind uh, Bleak Haven, which is a local comic. And then they at the Nerd Store uh, in West Valley, they are going to have uh, Doug Wagner, who is the writer of the image books, uh, Vinyl Plush, um, The Ride. And he's been, he's worked in comics for forever. He used to work for Marvel and and done work for DC, and also um, uh, the the Mighty Utah. Um, Travis will be there, and so he's he's uh, Travis Romney. He's gonna he's gonna be doing um, signatures and and stuff there. So it's a great time. And sometimes there's people who will go to several shops in one day. They'll go to one shop, try to get everything, and then they'll go to the next one. And, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. There was, it was starting to get to the point where they would have like bands in the parking lot and stuff, you know, where they're getting to like Lollapalooza level of stuff, you know? And then it was like, okay, we need to, uh, back this up a little bit, but I think this one's going to be pretty nuts. Cause it's like the first really big one after the pandemic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, you know what? Can I bring up something here? Like we've been talking exact uh, like, how to get into comic books. We're, we're, and these are all great suggestions about how to, how to do it. Can I suggest something that is just a terrible way to get into comics? Yes. So by looking up a best comics of all time list and then going out <laughs> and buying Watchmen or uh, Miracle Man or. Do you have something against Michael Moore? Uh, I, uh, Michael Moore? No. Alan Moore. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> step strikes again. No, I try so you're, hard. No, you're you're absolutely right though. Like Alan Moore is is a space wizard, and he's one of the best writers of all time. But there are though, and uh, and even Kingdom Come for which is a fantastic yeah. comic, one of my favorites. There's a set of those S <laughs> tier comics that are maybe read some other comics for yeah. a while those comics are great because there was 40 60 years worth of comics that go into understanding why these are genre bending uh crazy good comics because uh because of what you read before right yeah Jake? yeah exactly i mean i enjoyed kingdom come because of my history and reading comics and everything and it was really entertaining and interesting and and i agree like watchmen too like it hits different when you are familiar with the superhero genre, right? If that's the first, that's your introduction to the superhero genre. That's a heck of an introduction. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, you're not necessarily going to go pick up. It's more. a deconstruction of the, of the, of the genre. Yeah. Right. So it's like one of those things where you, where you, you can enjoy it on a surface level. You can just enjoy it. And, and that's exactly the way Zack Snyder enjoyed it was on a surface uh -huh. level of just <laughs> superheroes hitting each other. You know what I mean? And it's a great way to enjoy that, but there, and more power to you. You want to go read Rachman use your first comic, go for it. You know what I mean? But just saying maybe that's one to, to hit uh, when you're, it's so genre defining uh, uh or it's such a deconstruction good deconstruction of the genre it has become a great example of the right. genre and it's like robocop the movie you know what i mean it was made as a parody of violent movies but it did such a good job of it that it is like one of the best violent movies ever made yeah. and that so that's just the suggestion it's like when you when you do look at those big lists there are great comics on it but if you uh starting with watchmen is is pretty rough although reading it and then reading more comics and then reading it again later 
is also a, a cool experience yeah. too. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, just you sit there and if you get someone who's snooty about it and they're like, Ooh, you know, I only read this stuff. <laughs> and, and then they'll pitch you into a whole bunch of like very heavy comics that are like, I, I don't know what I'm doing with this. And maybe not as fun as what you're looking for, but maybe it is what you're looking for. I don't want to judge what anybody's, anybody's thinking, but we used to, when I worked at the comic book store, we tried not to yeah. do that when people would come in and we didn't try to, do that over bludgeon them over the head with with the things that were like here's the encyclopedias you know and i think that that's a good that's a good point also is that going into your local comic shop you're the the sellers there nine times out of ten actually nine and a half times out of ten want to help you find that thing that you're looking for not just because they want another customer but they like honestly yeah. just like making people happy it's like and if they know that there's a character that that that's that warm fuzzy spot for you they want to give you more of that or to help you find more of that and what it is that you know you're going to be interested in so i know that there's a lot of people look at it and they'll go to a comic shop and be like i don't know where to start and it's just you know they start to sweat and it's like ah what do i do go to the counter talk to you know the people that work in the store and go hey I'm looking for, you know, Spider-Man. I'm looking for Batman. Yeah. I'm looking for whomever it is, you know, and I just, I just don't and tell them I want to get started. You know, I, I'm trying to find a couple of stories that will give me some background with the character, some of a good entry point. Yeah. And they'll help you. And if they don't, that, that's what they're literally any genre. Oh, oh sorry, I just, go ahead, Chris. I, I was gonna say if you come in there's there's a comic book for yeah, every subject if you come in with anything you can go to the to the counter and say i am looking for historical fiction they've got it i'm looking for for well, movie yeah. adaptations wait, wait, wait. i got it you know what i mean any of those any of those things yeah. you can find we we steph and i gathered together all of our books that are not superheroes so we've got handmaid's tale and these are not just books they're yeah. comics like they're graphic novels yeah uh woman world um, heart the, the alchemist you skipped heartstopper which um is the cutest queer love story of all time it's now net on netflix so, um game of thrones is a graphic novel um so you can literally find yeah. just about anything and yeah and they are happy walk, to help. yeah there's the, the possibility the action of Bible if you walk into there. a store and they're not happy to help you Go to the next comic book store because go to a different and the, store. and the three that we mentioned walk here out. the nerd store, Dr. Volt's, Black Cat, you're going to have a great experience. Everybody there is very friendly, very knowledgeable. I would say, like, don't go necessarily on a Wednesday if you're wanting to take a lot of time to pick out something and you want them to help you because that's their busiest. New comic books come out on Wednesday, Saturdays, second busiest oh, day because Tuesday yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're putting it when they're putting them yeah. on the shelves. But newsflash, nerds like to Absolutely. talk about their stuff. Uh, yes, that's why we wait, that's wait, why really? we created yeah. an entire podcast. I've only had one experience at one no, store that wasn't why. great, and that store is no longer in business, so it's fine. <laughs> well, that's because right. Jake put them on blast on Yelp. Jake no, I put anybody Don't out of business, <laughs> but they're just not. Go look at the Google <laughs> reviews or the Yelp reviews. They're honest. Like I went to a, I went to a shop. Uh, I won't say which one, but it was in Minnesota. And if you, uh, if you go there and you read the reviews, all of the reviews are, this guy doesn't like talking to people. I don't know why he owns a comic oh, book store. And he, it's 100% true. There was like 30 reviews like that. And that was the honest truth. You know what I mean? So if you, if you go in there 
absolutely. So, but you were saying on those genres and stuff like that. I actually have this was a textbook that they had at the University of Utah. It's oh a comic book about Obamacare to explain how Obamacare works. So There's nothing you cannot find. It doesn't matter the genre. You will be able to find it in a comic book. It's great. And and you know that that's another. Both of you made, or all of you made good points about that. Where a lot of people think comic books, and they just think capes and tights. Yeah. And that's not the only thing out there. I mean, it goes from manga. There, I mean, there are romantic comics. There are uh, comic adaptations of of literature uh, that are they're actually good ways to get your kids into literature by you know sneaking it in as a comic book. Um, and they're also, speaking of that, a great way to get your kids to start reading. Literally, we taught our kids to read from comic books. There was a comic book uh, called Tiny Titans that came out great about comic. 10 years ago. And and I bought it because I thought it was just cute, adorable, and fun. And we um, yeah. started, you know, when my girls got to be about two and a half, three years old, I just gave the books to them so that, you know, keep them entertained on on car rides and one day we're going somewhere and i hear talking in the back seat and i'm not paying attention and i start phasing into what the conversation is and it's not a conversation it's one of my girls reading the dialogue in the story and i'm just mm -hmm. kind of like wait what that just happened and started reading from there and to this day eight years later you know they're like did you you know when i go to the comic shop like did you bring us anything yeah. so i'm happy to buy them comics yeah. because they're reading yes. reading and they love reading so i mean it's also yeah. a great thing great for that so consider that as you're trying to find a way to get reading, your kids into something reading is reading. Captain underpants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not sure if they read captain underpants they've, oh they've done um dog man and there's a yeah. cat or a corollary book for that dog man um, is my kids love but, that horrifying story yeah. If you if you read that, it's a children's book, and it's literally like the guy's been decapitated, and they put a dog's head oh on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great comic yeah. book, oh, but it, it is like, but it's little kid story. <laughs> think about it too. <laughs> my daughter, going back to the reading thing, my daughter is known at her school for being a reader. Like the librarian kept track of how many books she read from the library last year, and it was just an unbelievable number like a thousand books. It wasn't that high, but it was a lot of books. And she just reads nonstop. And they know like every new book that comes in, it's like, Hey, Eliza, do you want this book? Well, when she was first learning how to read, she was not into it until she found a book called El Defo, which is a graphic novel that was similar to her experience. Cause it was about a deaf girl in school. And it was her making her own superhero called El Defo. And that got her from there it was more graphic novels like that, like Babysitter's Club and Smile. And there's some great kids graphic novels out there. And then from there, she just got totally into reading and now always has a book in her hand. So my parents always thought comics was a waste of time and it wasn't like real reading because my parents were dumb. And now we know reading is reading and it doesn't <laughs> matter whether it's comics or not. Like it's a great way to get them into reading uh, and, and start that journey for them. So I had a I had a, a question that I wanted to bring up to the group. Um, it, it's something that I think is going to become more evolved. I don't know. How do you guys feel about digital comics? Are you guys for it? Are you against it? I know it hurts local comic book shops. What do you guys think? And and I guess 
for anybody, it's it's literally like a comic. You download it on your iPad. You can swipe. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? They're part of the ecosystem, right? Like they they are they're they're nice when you don't if you travel a lot you know it's i always really enjoyed having my comic collection on a uh on a device that i could get a whole bunch it took like a big like one of the bigger ipads to really feel like a like a comic um what i feel like on 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 this is that i wish that comics on uh uh on digital devices would take advantage of the medium that they're on mm -hmm to do things you couldn't do in print. I think that, and it takes more, it's a, it's a different thing you're creating at that point, right? It might not even be considered a comic book anymore. Um, and I don't know what exactly that is. I've seen a lot of people who do things where like one of the panels will animate or you can change a character view in a panel so that it reveals something. It, it, it's part of the mystery or something like that. But I think we're moving in that direction. You know what I mean? It's just taking a, a, a while to get there, but that's what I would like to see more in like digital comics is like, even if it was just like, I saw a comic one time where you could take a slider and you could take the comic book back through the phases of its creation. So you'd take the, and then you could take oh, it back cool. so that there was just the inks, just oh. take it back to the pencils, take it back to the sketches and that sort of stuff. But that all takes time. And I think a lot of the publishers and whatnot right now, it's just doesn't, it's not worth the money for the extra effort, yeah. if that makes sense. Absolutely. For me, it, it actually, for me was a way that I got into comics is through digital, digital books. Um, and I, I, I did it because it was easy access for me and it was easier for me to just read the stories. Um, but now that I've gotten more into it and I, I actually like collecting them and having the physical copies, definitely I'm, I'm in the shops and buying the books and things like that, but I don't want to, I don't want to discredit yeah. them as part of a way to get into this I think genre, but I, 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 I want people to use it as a tool to get yeah. into the shops. I think I don't know. I think it's a great way to get into yeah. comics because you can get like a subscription to like Comic Vine or like Marvel's got their Marvel Unlimited and I don't know what DC has cuz they change the name every week. But you can you yeah. can get one of those subscriptions and then you can get access to a lot of the back issues and the backstories without having to track them down, without having to find them. It's a little bit less overwhelming if you're not ready to make that jump of going into the store and asking about it or trying to find a particular story or issue makes it a little bit easier to do that. Um, but I, I agree that like where I'm at with, and it's not just with digital comics, it's the same way with eBooks and it's the same way with music. Like I like the convenience of having the digital stuff. I like the convenience of being able to take multiple graphic novels with me if I'm traveling somewhere and I can read them on my iPad instead of having to take a stack of them. But I also have to have my physical copies of stuff. Most of my reading now is audiobooks, but I have a shelf full of my favorite books because I have to have the physical copies too. So well, and it's and it's definitely convenient, especially if you're after a specific issue or story that you it's probably not available at the local um comic book store. Or maybe you don't have time to run to one. I don't know. Like, cause for me, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a a selfish plug for our very own podcast age of geek we did a daredevil born again episode it was near the beginning it was definitely like, like last summer two or three yeah yeah and it was like one of my most favorite episodes because like um 
I mean, for one thing, the, the topic, but also we wanted to talk about that specific comic because that was right when, I think that was right after they had announced, they meaning the MCU had announced that they were going to be doing a new Daredevil series um, and it was called Born Again. And so I'm like, well, I want to know what that is. Like, I want to know what the Born Again comic is. And so we did an episode on it. Anyways, long story short, I, we just, we were able to get um, a digital copy of it. It was on Amazon Music or Amazon Comics, whatever it's called. And um, I was able to, to read it that way. And it just made it like a lot more convenient. But then I feel like, you know, just to, you know, kind of help bring Blake's point, you know, to it and kind of getting you to the comic book store, um, like while I was on that episode um, and hearing from the other, because uh, Jake, you were on that, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jake and the, the other, the people, everyone was like giving like all sorts of like, try this Daredevil comic, try this one, try this one. So I like wrote a list and I'm like, hey, now I'm going to go to the store, the comic book store and find these specific comics so I can keep going. Because like, I like the physical copies too. Even though I'm such an audiobook listener, like I also just, I love to have my favorites in, in the physical and like comic books I think that there's just something different about just you know holding it you know in front of your face like that and I'm also one of those weirdos I like the smell of like paper and like print and like comic books so I'm like <laughs> sniffing it <laughs> so there's something to be said for that so if, mm -hmm. there is I'm, I've got a multi-layered answer uh, I'll start with where Chris went with um, the digital comics not doing enough Marvel tried something about 15 years ago, give or take, um, called Motion Comics, where they took some of their some of their uh, good selling titles at the time and animated panels from them, and then um, they collected them like on either DVD or they just put them online. And you could get the mo they were called Motion Comics. Uh, one of them uh, that came out was a yet another Brian Michael Bendis title, uh, Spider Woman, Agent of Sword. And I had read the series as a as a dead tree series before, and then saw that they did a motion comic. I'm like, let's see what this is like. And I actually quite enjoyed it. They had it, you know, it was narrated, so you have somebody who's reading uh, or narrating the story, different actors for different voices of different characters, um, and that was fun. Um, digital comics, I am, you know, I do like the ability of having something on my on my kindle or ipad and being able to go i've got all these books and i'm taking them with me as opposed to the 20 something boxes of comics sitting in the in the you know storage room um which you know it's, that's a lot of just paper that's just sitting there so i mean there's you know what's more convenient for you is it going to the store is it getting it being able to just you know punch up some punch up a website and go i want to download this comic i want to get this issue um for me I am 90, well, probably 99% a dead tree comic reader because I also enjoy going in and talking to people in the store. And if they're not in the middle, if they're not, you know, elbow deep in customers or shelving books and they have time to chat, it's a great time because you not only get, you know, to, to ask questions about characters you enjoy, but you get to find out you know where they are in comics what got them there you know what they would recommend for you outside of what you would normally want to read so i mean it's there's bonuses to both sides of it um digital comics is a good jumping off point that was mentioned for getting uh your feet wet 
with a character or a team or a title or series and then branch off and go into the store and say, hey, I read this. What what more can you tell me? You know, what more can you recommend for me based on this or even completely opposite of this? Yeah. Plus, if you're traveling with your yeah. digital comics, they're not going to get bent or ripped or torn or damaged in any way. Same. And, and there's an interesting thing. And I've actually come to an epiphany over the years um, having kids who have read my comics and that happening is that I enjoy sharing my comics with my kids, the ones that are appropriate for them to read. And like I said, they're voracious readers and, you know, it started with comics. It has continued, moved on to chapter books. And I mean, they are plowing through anything they can get their hands on really. But I've also come to realize that outside of certain titles or certain key issues for me, it's, yeah. you know, I'm not as worried about it. So if it, if something gets torn, like if it's a book that I like going back to this Legion issue, this is a copy of one of the first series I consistently started um, purchasing as a, as a 10 mm-hmm. year old. Um, I'd read other comics before um, like early reprints of, oh, perfect. The X-Men, because mm-hmm. in, in the, <clears throat> okay, Steph, get ready. <laughs> in the 70s, um, Marvel was doing reprints of the classic X-Men titles um, shortly after they did the giant-sized X-Men with the characters that people now know today as being the X-Men. Um, but they were reprinting the, the older stuff. So, you know, I'd go and get those at the 7-Eleven or at the uh, local supermarket and get those. But outside of issues that have some kind of meaning for me that will then get, you know, the, I'll put them in a hard case and put them on my wall or put them somewhere safe. It's, you know, there are certain things like, okay, this is a good read once. I don't need to read this again. Or if I want to get something that's going to be a little more durable, I'll get it in a, in a graphic novel format or a trade paperback where I can, you know, have all of them in one package, put it on the shelf and call it good. You're not gonna let your kids crack into your hardcovers, your um, your rated ones. Not gonna let them. Yeah, pro- probably, probably not. Okay, fine. So that that does bring up another thing, and I know we're coming up on over an hour, but I wanted to ask, where do you guys think the realm of comics are right now in terms of collecting? Um, because that that's. That to me is like you get into comics, you start reading comics, and then the next step then would be you become a collector of certain issues. Do you guys see that becoming? I, I don't. I don't see that becoming like a oh. job. People, you're not going to make money I, doing it. Yeah, um, I, I think when you're talking about like collecting as an investment, buying modern comics, there's not there's not going to be the return that you're looking for there. It's just not going to be absolutely worth it because there's so many copies that are printed. People do a much better job of preserving them. The reason why action comics number one is so valuable is because at that time, nobody put their comics in bags and boards, right? Nobody kept them nice. Right. And they were just trashed. And so finding any issue in any condition is Wasn't one deal. found in the installation of someone's yeah. wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Recently, yeah. One action comics number so, one. I think as far as that goes, like it's hard to see yourself getting the same return investment if that's what you're looking for. I mean, in the 90s, the again, wild time, Chris, you brought this up at the beginning 
of the episode. Like that was, I remember when the death of Superman came out and it was in that black sealed cellophane <laughs> bag. And like within a week it was being sold for like $500 <laughs> for that issue. It was crazy. And then like wow. a month later he was back. Like they did, you know, it was, it was shortly after that. <laughs> Yeah, it was about, uh, a, it was about year. a year later, but but it was shortly after that, and then and there were so many of those copies out there. Like it just now you could find that for for a lot cheaper than five hundred dollars. Like it just lost its value so fast. But there were so many things that they were pumping out like that, where it's like put this out there. Every special issue that we can think of, you'd have holograms on the covers. You'd have you know, I remember an X Men thirtieth anniversary issue that had like holographic X's all over the cover and everything, and it looked really cool. I thought this is going to be worth so much money someday. And it's not because <laughs> there were just so many of them <laughs> and people, that was when people started looking at it like baseball cards, where if you preserved it and you kept it nice, it would have value. And so people started collecting for that reason. And when there's a lot of them out there that have been preserved, it just doesn't hold the same value as, as the older ones, in my opinion, I just don't. Well, and it. even, to get it like CGC rated, it costs like what 60, 70 bucks a piece. Depends on the book. Depends yeah. on the book, yeah. And so you're investing in it that way, and you might not get the return that you're putting into it. When I when I get into uh one of these days, I'm I uh I'm gonna do a PhD program. And one of the things that I'm gonna study is the price elasticity of collectibles based on how on my income. Because I will go and look at old comic books uh, from the from the 80s. There used to be this comic book store, and everybody that it's really I old. I know. I was going to say that before that, but it is again very old sentence. But the what <laughs> you used to do is you would open up Marvel Comics, and there was this yellow ad in the middle of the book that was for back issues. It was Mile High Comics, and there was a couple others in New York that were selling those. And if you look through the prices on stuff in there now, where it's like a Fantastic Four is a hundred dollars, Fantastic Four number one is a hundred dollars, uh, Hulk one eighty one, the first uh appearance of of uh wolverine is like 12 bucks or something like that you know like books that are like twenty thousand five thousand seven thousand dollars now but at the time two hundred dollars to me might as well have been twenty thousand dollars you know what i mean like i wasn't gonna so collectibles and i think it's just people of our age right like uh rob mm -hmm. Back me up on this, right? Go our age. Our, our age. age. Yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> there was there's an amount of money. Like when I worked at the comic book store, I couldn't afford the big the money books that were on the wall. You know what I mean? Even though like what it was at the time, I would I would buy them all today. You know, shut down the store. I'm putting these all on my on my credit card. But now you look at it, and then also with the uprise, uh, like what you're talking about now, is the uh, the rise of the clean and press industry mm -hmm. that's around comic books that I think is really, it's crazy to watch these Facebook groups uh, that, I'm, that I watch where people will take a comic and they will iron it and, and like clean it with like uh, makeup removing pads and do all this crazy stuff with it and then put it in a, like a, a, a hot iron t-shirt press thing. And then, It'll be, and they'll start where the grade would have been like an eight five, an eight seven, or something like that. But then they get it back, and it's like a nine two, nine eight, or something like that. And when you're talking about a first appearance of Wolverine, that's thousands of dollars difference, right. you know. And so that's also making a huge, uh, 
thing where people are like, if it's a, if it's below a nine, I don't even care. Why, why are you spending money on garbage? You know what I mean? It's like, there's a set of people like that too. So this like fracturing and diversification of like the collector's market, the people who buy. uh, And so that's why I'm with you. It's like, if you buy a book that you love, uh, it doesn't matter yeah. what price it ever gets to. If it goes up in price, wonderful. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's great. I have something that I can leave to my kids or something like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah those things where it, it's trying to buy modern comic books or even older comic books and then flip them for a profit is kind of like trying to stand on the on the side of the freeway and hit every car that's going by that has a uh, a red hood with a with a rock. It's really hard. There's some people that can do it and, and you have to get and you can get quite lucky. But um, but yeah, if you if you jump into comics uh, with stuff that you like, then uh, you'll always have a comic yeah. you like. I, I think the first time I remember thinking buying a comic as a kid that I was like, oh, this is going to be worth some money someday was a, a number one that I found on the newsstand. It was a new character that come out and Marvel had partnered with the NFL and it was the uh, super pro was his name and i picked that up thinking this is going to be worth so much money someday and it wasn't because nobody cared about the character and it was but and i was a kid and i was dumb i'm like this is going to be awesome and it it wasn't because you in my mind it was it was a number one you got to buy the number one because that's what what's going to be the most valuable someday it depends on the number one but uh yeah it's interesting i i agree if you're buying books buy what you enjoy if you're doing it as an investment, then it's just not worth it to get into it. Yeah. And I think that kind of brings us full circle on to, you know, to getting into it for the thing that you love and, or something that you have a curiosity about and it could become something that you love and not as, you know, investment. So we probably begin wrapping it up here. Um, as we mentioned before, you know, free comic book day is coming up in two weeks on May 6th. Check your local comic book shops uh, here in Salt Lake City. That's going to be Dr. Volt's Comic Connection, Black Cat Comics, and the Nerd Store. Um, check in your area uh, to see what local shops are available to you. Go in, have a great time. Go early because the lines will start early. Um, and, you know, when you get in there, may not be the best time to talk to your comp to the staff because they're going to be slightly busy but you know go in if there's local artists there please go and support them talk to them find out you know what got them to start writing their books um with that i'm going to thank chris hoffman um for coming on and wait, talking wait, commerce with wait, us wait no wait no, no no i want to before we end have everyone give like a suggestion or two of books that people should check out or like their own and you have to keep it to one or two, Robert. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, like good good book title suggestions that maybe they haven't, wouldn't have thought of. Fine. Um, one that's recently come out that is a four-issue miniseries that I love what they've done with the character is uh, The New Champion of Shazam, uh, starring Mary Marvel as captain as the captain marvel character um that's been a good one it's a quick you know quick fun light read um let's see does Mar- marvel i'm sure has something that i could go with it's eluding me at the moment nothing, so nothing I'm not, going on going to, not going to go there 
other uh, stuff going on in Marvel, but it's getting a little jumbled again. Yeah. I've enjoyed the X Men titles, but there's like eleven of them, so I'm not going to recommend those as a start for people. Um, actually, I take that back. I will recommend uh, Photon, which is starring Monica Rambeau, who was first seen in WandaVision. It is a, I believe, six-issue miniseries. They're currently on issue five, so you should be able to find this in your local shops. Um, and this will be a kind of a good take for getting used, getting from, more familiar with the character and where she is before the Marvel's movie comes out this summer or this fall. And uh, Salt City Strangers in the Gull. There, four. <laughs> Mara and Jason? Um... I mean, because I don't own a lot of comics, um, but there is one that I, one one thing I do like a lot about comics is team-ups. Um, and so going back to Daredevil, there was one that um, a friend had recommended to me, and it's, I think it's actually, like, I, I think they've done it before. It's Marvel Knights, and, like, I feel like there's, like, so many different iterations, but it's the MK20 version that I have, and I think there's only, like, six issues. It's a very short, like, story. Um, but it really appealed to me because for one thing, it was short and I could pretty easily find all of the version or all of the issues, not at the same store. It was, it was a bit of a treasure hunt, but I thought that was a lot of fun. But the team up that I enjoy is Daredevil, Punisher, Elektra, and Black Panther. <laughs> and I think if I remember right, I think Hulk makes an appearance in this one. Um, if I remember right, I might be getting it mixed up, but I, like I said, I think like, um, having like a team up kind of, um, comic book, um, if there's some different characters that you enjoy and you see them all on the cover, check it out, start it, start at the first issue or, you know, if, if you can find it. So that's my recommendation. If you don't want a quick read and you want to jump into something that it'll last you a while uh when chris mentioned a startup comic book with a woman female character it reminded me of one of my favorite series it's like it's basically i think it's considered a web comic um or web store you can google it and find it it's called worm and if it's just this girl who starts off as a superhero and finds the most insane ways to beat the craziest villains you can think of, like Superman-esque type characters with her ability to control bugs. <laughs> and it's it's just fascinating. And the writing and character development is like one of the best I've ever listened to. And the world building is just incredible. He creates his own superhero universe and it's just mind boggling how well he does it. So if you wanna look that up, it's called Worm and you can listen to it. I think most places you listen to podcasts, but it's free to listen to, so. Um, Jacoby. So I, I'm trying to think what I want to go with here. If if you want for the new Flash movie that's coming out, Flashpoint is a great series to to pick up and read. Um, it gives you a different spin on some of the characters that you are familiar with in the DC universe. Um, another one that I really like. I like a lot of the Elseworld titles. One of my favorite Superman ones that we haven't talked about yet is Red Sun. Um, which is it takes the premise of what if uh, Kal-El had landed in a field in Russia, in Soviet Russia, instead of in the middle of Kansas uh, and how that would be different. Um, and it's a really great story. And then on the Marvel side, I really 
Robert, you mentioned what the X-Men are doing right now. I really like the X-Men stuff right now. And I think Dawn of X is a great uh, graphic novel to pick up to kind of introduce you into the age of uh, Krakoa and what's going on with the X-Men right now, because it's very different than what they've had in the past. So. Stephen Blake. Um, I'll take a second to talk about non-superhero book again, Heartstopper. We already talked about it just for a second. It's again, like it's a YA queer romance. Um, it's by Alice Osman. It's just, it's really cute. It's really wholesome. It's um, super appropriate for teenagers. Um, and they've just made a story, like a love story, really sweet and sentimental, but did it through graphic pictures. Um, and it's, kind of I love the kind of difference where you see like kind of darker bolder colors with the superheroes it's kind of like more light with pinks and teals and it just is a pretty book um and then I guess to touch on a superhero as well I always love my girl Faith from Dark Horse Comics who is this just completely lovely and wholesome um like plus size um superhero she has uh several books and series out yeah look at how cute she is so those are my two suggestions i think I, i've picked several books just based on their covers and they've turned out like being i mean picked up the bombshell books because they're just the art is just cool so i don't don't be afraid to maybe check out people's like the covers of books and be like i'm gonna try it nice um my book my book is kingdom come no, i'm just kidding great choice <laughs> my book <laughs> is yeah, Watchmen. <laughs> my book is Supergirl from last year, couple, last couple years. Um, uh, James Gunn said that he's doing this as a movie. Um, it's a super sci-fi version of Supergirl. It's really good, so I'd recommend it. You also picked up Saga. Yeah, I I picked up Saga. It's um, also very sci-fi-y. And is very mature, not for children. So don't read, don't let your kids read it. But, but it's, it's really, been, really, really, really good. And it's been going on forever. Mm -hmm. It's a saga. Ayo. So. It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are great suggestions. Uh, I'll go with a couple of them here that are um, uh, themed. It is uh, Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month next month as of this recording. And so I will recommend uh, American Born Chinese by Jean Yang. It's a fantastic comic book that talks about uh, three apparently separated, uh, un unrelated characters. Uh, it's uh, Jin, who's moving into a new neighborhood uh, to find out he's the only Chinese American student at his new school. Uh, the Monkey King. Sun Wukong, who uh, I will read any comic book with uh, with the Monkey King in it. I absolutely love that. And then uh, uh, Chin Ki, who's a personification of the ultimate negative um, Chinese stere stereotype, um, uh, who's running his cousin Danny's life with yearly visits. And it's going to be a TV show on Disney+. Plus. And so this is fantastic read. Read anything by by Gene Yang. He's, he's absolutely fabulous. Um, He's the one who redid um, Superman versus yes, the Klan, is. wasn't he? That is also which a is a fantastic, fantastic book. book. So good. Um, uh, did the Monkey Prince too? I mean, he's just great. There's there's nothing that that he writes that's not fabulous. Um, and then uh, they call this enemy by 
George Takei from uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, this talks about his time in the uh, in the Japanese American internment camps during uh, World War II. And so this is a heavy subject, but very important, I, I feel like, and uh, both of those good ways to, to celebrate the, the um, Heritage Month. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, with that, I think that we will, wow, call it almost 90 minutes and call it quits here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and uh, tuning in. Chris, thank you very much for your time. And do you have anything that you'd like to say outside of that you guys are going to be at Dr. Volts for free? Uh, you can find day? us on all the social medias at Valiety Studios, uh, V-E-L-L-E-I-T-Y Studios um, on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, publishers take a good look at whether you, uh, you're, you have an audience uh, on there. So uh, give us a like or a follow on there. It sure will help us when, we, uh, when we're taking our book, Ruthless, to the, to the publishers. And we appreciate it. And thank you for having me. You. Gosh, you guys are wonderful. This is, I do this all night. <laughs> That's our problem too. Don't say we that. could do it all night. Don't say yeah. that because it, it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again to the rest of our Age of Geek family, Marley, Jason, Jake, Steph, and Blake. And uh, we will see you Thanks, next guys. time around. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you guys. This has been an Age of Geek media production.